Hey everyone, I'm Jenna Alberg and welcome to the Key Academy podcast. The Key Academy is my coaching business where myself and coaches focus on health, performance, and longevity. I've spent the last 12 years coaching people how to optimize health and performance and this podcast is an attempt to synthesize what I've learned over the years to help you live a higher quality or more fulfilling life. If you enjoy this content or have questions that you want covered, click the show notes to find out how to learn more from me. Can you give me the down low on alcohol? What happens to our bodies when we drink? How do our bodies process it, etc.? Welcome to the Key Academy podcast. I'm Jen Alberg, and I'm going to start to answer some questions that I'm getting from people. This question I get asked probably most often than any other question, which is why I'm starting with it and which is why I'm so glad that somebody asked it. So first of all, before I do get into it, this is a disclaimer. If if you do know me, you know that I don't drink. I've probably consumed three to four ounces of alcohol in my life, mostly just to taste what people have wanted me to try. That doesn't mean that I'm against it at all. I I didn't because growing up in, uh, well, first I was anorexic. And so, you know, I wasn't going to be consuming any extra calories whatsoever. And then moving into college and sports, um, I was so obsessed with being so good at my sport that I wasn't going to do anything that could even make me have bad, a bad practice. And so I, I knew that that was, so I knew that drinking would, would do that. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice that. Um, and, and then post-college and then into all of my further education, I became obsessed with knowledge and studying and being so mentally acute that I, I just didn't drink. And by now it's, you know, I'm, I'm 37 and, and now what's the point? So, um, I've, I just, I never want people to think that I'm pushing that kind of an agenda on anyone. I don't have a problem with people consuming alcohol. I just want them to have the information about what they're consuming and then they can make a sound decision for themselves from no judgment on my end. That being said, there are, are times that metabolically speaking, we need to eliminate it completely if there are results to be had. As I'm recording these, I am trying really hard to just uh, answer them from the hip. Uh, I think that that's the most transparent and raw that you'll get from me. And I think that that's, I think that that's best. So, uh, so here we go. I think this question I like to answer in two different categories, physiologically and neurologically. So physiologically, meaning what is the effect of the, the molecule of ethanol on the body? Ethanol is a toxin, but as a mentor once told me, the dose makes the poison. And the thing that I think that many people don't know, or maybe they forget who aren't in the world of toxicology, which is most people, is that there there is a probability with, within any population. There are some people on the spectrum that will be largely affected by toxins and others who are not. So ethanol is no exception to that. Take Tylenol for an example. You all know those people that that don't feel any effects from taking Tylenol and and other people that don't need very much to feel effects, which is why I say the dose makes the poison. Using this example, at a low dose, it can be very effective. And then at a high dose, it can be very hepatotoxic. But those levels are very individualistic. But I, I guess you asked my opinion, and here it is. I'm, I am not convinced 
that there is a single benefit from ethanol in the human body. It's it's uniquely metabolized by the liver, and one of the byproducts is aldehyde, which is a toxin. It has it has effects on the brain, so neurologically, which is why people drink it. It's the buzz, the CNS depression and euphoria is why they drink it. It it has an effect on a neurotransmitter called GABA, which is a depressing neurotransmitter, which is why it's an anti-anxiety. But certainly, ethanol has an excitatory effect as well. So there's your paradox, the the negative aspects on the liver while seemingly positive aspects on the brain. And my opinion on that is that the negative aspects of the liver are harder to eradicate than the short-lived positive response on the brain. Uh, I also get the question, what is the bare minimum? How much can I, how much can I drink and still see results? Uh, the liver effect is very similar to sugar. It's similar. It uses a similar similar metabolic pathway because of its fer- fermentation. Each drink is about 15 grams of ethanol. So in answering the question, how much can I drink and not let it affect me, we can't really know and unfortunately needs a little bit of trial and error. I know and have known clients with normal ALT, which is a liver enzyme, levels that drink eight drinks a day and others with elevated ALT levels that drink a small amount a day. So obviously there's a genetic component here and and therefore we can't really deduce what is appropriate generally speaking. But again, you asked my opinion and that I can say is that anecdotally the less you drink the better and faster your results are from any diet or exercise plan that you're embarking on. It it will 100% impede your progress in any amount. And why is that? You're you're consuming a toxin, which is in, in super layman's terms, it will gum up the metabolic process that your body is so desperately trying to use. Uh, let's see, another another one that I get around alcohol is around the positives of consuming red wine and the, the nutritive factor of, of red wine. So first of all, I think I think this comes from the French paradox, which was the French the French live longer and they're leaner than us while they drink so much more wine. Ergo, it's it's healthy. And I think that that's a correlation, not a causation. I mean, they also smoke more and they eat a lot more bread. And I don't think that those necessarily extend our lives. So it's not harmful, but it's not helpful. The other reason people think it could be positive this is red wine specifically is the resveratrol studies that were done a while back um, and, and taking that stance. So the what I say to that is the resveratrol needed to extend life is not what you're going to be getting in a glass of wine a night. Now, let's talk about the anti-anxiety effects of red wine at night and the fact that it helps people unwind. So I guess you're weighing the benefits of a drop in cortisol with the negative effects of ethanol and I guess appetite dysregulation as well. Um, and it also just has a big impact on sleep. So that's what you're weighing is, is this anti-anxiety effect and bad sleep. So that there, there were, there were studies done with using an HRV, which is a heart rate variability uh, that basically shows you how, prepared and ready your body is to to tackle the day, aka how co- recovered you are for the day and from your night's sleep. 
And what they did is they tested people's HRV with a drink at night versus without a drink at night, same person. Um, and just the drink made them less recovered for the next day. And that was simply because of a compressed REM cycle. So they didn't sleep as well. The quality of their sleep was not as good, even if they got the same amount of sleep. So again, you have to weigh the pros and cons. And, and typically the time that you are weighing those pros and cons are when you're deciding whether to have the glass of wine or not. And most often the pros of anti-anxiety will win because it's it's in the present moment instead of a delayed gratification of sleeping well and having a recovered tomorrow. So lastly, uh, I guess I'll ask, why are you drinking? Um, how important is your physiological health to you? Does drinking lead you lead to a behavior behavior that is in opposition to your goal? And in the nutrition world, that's tough because it will it will probably lead to you know a loosening of the reins on what you choose to eat, and that can have an impact on your physiological goals as well. So I like to tell people just to make rules around it, make rules of thumb for yourself, and that has to be different for everyone. If you do drink, make it purpose-driven drinking, meaning it's worth the taste and the experience, uh, not not the drunkenness. Um, and if that's your purpose, you probably have a lot of growing up to do. Um, so I think uh, you know there there's a lot of paradox here, and there's a lot of weighing options. Uh, so instead, I'll, I'll remind you of two things that I said. One, it will 100% of the time impede your goals in one way or another. And two, the dose makes the poison. So knowing how much it can affect you, take some trial and error for sure. Uh, I help a lot of people with with kind of finding what that amount is uh, and then and then creating rules around that is is kind of the best way to go. So yeah, there there is a there is a paradox between the physiological and neurological reasons for consuming alcohol, and honestly, only you can make those calls for you. Only you can prioritize or deprioritize your physical goals in the given moment. Thank you so much for this question. I I get it so often, and I really appreciate just just being able to throw it all out there, and then then letting you decide. I want you to have the information so that you can make informed decisions. I hope it triggered some sort of curiosity in you. Uh, email me if you would like to chat more about it or on any subject that I go into here. Thanks for listening.